This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Excited to be back. The world never stops. The world never stops. Investing never stops. Investing never sleeps. Feels like earnings season never sleeps. Yep. We're back into it. Q3. It's easy to feel overwhelmed by the amount of information. Uh, I certainly do trying to get some of it out on Instagram. Um, God, there's a lot going on. But hey, gives us something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Big episode today. We're going to kick it off with what we've learned this week, then have a look at some of the results coming out of Q3 earnings. Checklist investing, what I picked up last week, building the investor checklist or my investing checklist anyway, getting Ren's input, getting input from the community, getting input from experts. We're going to continue that journey. Did you buy the book? Haven't bought the book. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason for that. And speaking of books, Ren, we're going to close out with a new segment that I'm excited for called Ren's Book Bonanza. Yes, yes. I books in your wardrobe that you want to get rid of. Well, they're not in my wardrobe. They're on a bookshelf. (laughs) (laughs) I am moving house or I have moved house and way too many books to move. Like you get attached to books that you really like yeah. but then they just sit in a bookshelf and you move house especially when you're renting and it's like I'm not, I'm not going to read these again they're just decorative mm. and they're heavy to move yeah so instead I'm going to give them out on the show yeah and uh, we'll, we'll talk about like what some of the ones that we like what we learned um but stay tuned. I remember when I was a kid back in Wagga Young my parents had a big bookshelf with books from when they were Young, mm. old school, never read them. Ne- they never read them. It yeah, was just like yeah. that decorative thing. Then when we left, they downsized me. They just threw them all out. Yeah. So it's just They like, should have had a podcast yeah, and given them away. Just like, it's funny how you do hold on to books, but. Yeah. yeah. No, you got to. I mean, like, anyway. you know, you love the romantic, the romantic idea of like having a study with like big bookshelves. But really, all it would be is just my Kindle sitting yeah, exactly. on one shelf yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's start with what we've learned this week. Take it away. So, first thing for me is that there's always going to be a another reason to panic. And the last couple of weeks, it's been the UK. You know, uh, the the tax cuts led to 
the British pound dropping, which uh, put British government bonds uh, in a precarious position, and then the British pension funds that had hedged their bond exposure all of a sudden had a solvency crisis, and everyone was like, is the British pension system about to collapse? Two weeks later, bond yields are back down to where they were pre-Liz Truss's tax cuts. Everyone's like, the crisis is done. Well, at least the crisis of the moment has passed. And it's just such a reminder that there's always a crisis of the moment. Last year, it was Evergrande and China property. The year before, it was COVID. A couple of years before that, it was European debt. Next year, it might be Italian debt again, playing the hits. Like, (laughs) there's just always something. And it's just a reminder that even when it feels like it could be chaotic, a lot of the times, it doesn't matter, which is a bad place to be it's like ah, oh, it doesn't matter but like i know what you mean yeah yeah so we don't need to continue with the podcast <laughs> well no it's like what matters is individual companies and entrepreneurs and groups of people working on hard problems and trying to solve them and inventing new technologies and bringing them to market and solving people's wants and needs like that's what matters yeah as investors of course yeah yeah, yeah. as consumers as well have we seen the end of the uk crisis though <laughs> I think the the pension solvency crisis, yeah. Like you, Britain's in for a tough, tough few yes. months. Yeah. Inflation at 10.1%, energy shortage energy. leading into winter. Who knows what's going on with their government? Energy shortage. I heard on the news last night that here in Australia, we're expecting 56% increase in our energy prices over the next six really? months. Yeah. That's yeah. not ideal. It is. There is something very poetic about, and like this isn't a this isn't a unique thought from me. Like this has been said a lot. But there's something poetic about Rishi Sunak of Indian heritage now leading a country that, what maybe a two lifetimes ago, no, a one lifetime ago, the British ruled. Yeah. But it's even more poetic that Rishi Sunak is wealthier. Than the royal family. I know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 750 million pound yeah. Yeah. net worth. Yeah. It's like, cop that, British. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, his father, no, no father-in-law father-in-law yeah, is yeah. an Indian billionaire. Co-founder of Infosys. Yeah. yeah his, so, his wife owns like a bit less than 1% of the company. Yeah. She has a massive fashion label as well. Apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. There is something interesting in the way that we talk about Rishi Sunak and his wealth. And then the way we talk about like Mackenzie Bezos and her wealth, because they both married money, but we call Mackenzie lucky. We call Rishi prime minister. And there's like, I think there's something to that. Like he was lucky. Yeah. Or calculated. Yeah. Mackenzie didn't get married Bezos for cash though. No, no, no. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they're divorced. She's a billionaire and everyone is like, doesn't see it as legitimate or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. Rishi's money is less legitimate. <laughs> yeah, Mackenzie was at least as- Mackenzie was at least with Jeff <laughs> building it, the during like it, yeah, during yeah, the yeah. building and you know supporting yeah. and yeah was probably deeply involved in Amazon, especially in those early days. Yeah, Rishi just married a billionaire. <laughs> 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 like yeah, it's very cool. But you know, BBC published a word word cloud of Rishi, and the number one thing is rich. Rich yeah. should be rich wife. Yeah, true. Yeah. Lucky, it should lucky. be gold digger. Lucky. Yeah, true, true. Oh, too funny. What else? About Rishi or? No, that you've, <laughs> that you've learnt this week. Uh, <laughs> or anything One else. other thing about Rishi that I found really interesting. I need to find my phone because there's a tweet, but it's worth finding. Hold on. Okay. Time. 
So I think The Economist wrote something about when Rishi was competing with Liz Truss and they said that in the UK, class matters more than race and they thought that Rishi was going to win. They were wrong. But this tweet really sums it up, how much class matters in the UK. University education of UK prime ministers since the war, I assume World War II. Oxford, none. Oxford, 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 none. Oxford, none. Oxford, Edinburgh. Oxford, 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 Oxford. <laughs> great, great for marketing for Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's fascinating, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What would um what would Australia be, I think? Or America. A and U. UC, UC. Charles Sturt, Charles Sturt. No, no offense to anyone. Um No offense to anyone. I went to A and U. Yeah, no. Anyway. You briefly went before you got kicked out. <laughs> I did, and then I went. Then I went Armadale. But yeah, no, that's that is fascinating. All right, enough Class about matters. Rishi. Rishi <laughs> enough mates. about Rishi. Yes. <laughs> All right, what did you learn this week? Few things, a couple of things. Very briefly, I was just interested in this. So the S and P five hundred. If you were in the index over the last five years, just index investing, just in the index, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> market cap weighted, <laughs> five year return forty eight percent. Not, even with 2022? Yeah. That's a good reminder for everyone. Yes. Yeah, great great reminder. 12-month return, the one-year return, I'm talking like- 12 months? 12 months to, to this day of recording, minus 15%. Okay. There's an ETF that's actually uh, equal weighted S&P 500. Nice. Uh, QUS is the ticker. It's a beta shares one. I think we told beta shares to make that a few years ago. Probably did. I think you can probably check the tape with Alan. So <laughs> I'm gonna, let's claim this one. <laughs> probably did. Uh, if you're listening overseas, there's I'm sure there's um, yeah, yeah, definitely. some equivalents yeah. overseas. Equal weighted, just explain what that is compared to market cap weighted. So market cap weighted means that uh, the percentage holdings of the stocks in the index are based on how big their market cap is. So the biggest market cap has the highest percentage of yep. the ETF. Equal weighted means that all 500 stocks have the same weighting in the ETF. Mm-hmm. So an ASX 200 equal weight would be every company is 0.5% of the index. Yeah. And then a market cap weighted, if Commonwealth Bank is double the size of NAB, then Commonwealth Bank will be double the the size of the holding. Yeah, in the double, your, double yeah. the position size, yeah. yeah. And so there's benefits and pros and cons for both, but uh, I just wanted to have a look at what actually, what difference it made. So the five-year return for the equal weight was 30%. Okay, so less so than 48%. Less than 48% because you're probably losing out on some of those top tech stocks that just yeah. Rip, ripped. Yeah. And you're getting a lot of the lower end 500, mm-hmm. not to say that they're not great companies. The flip, though, is the last 12 months, you're only down 1%. Interesting. So I think, without looking too much into it, but I would imagine that you're then not getting affected as much by the route in tech stocks that have probably hit the top end of the 500. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah. But you would you, economic theory would actually suggest it works the other way. Like 
in theory, the lower end, like outside of the last 10 years where big tech has just dominated, in theory, the lower end of the S&P 500 are those mid caps that are growing tr- yeah. a little bit quicker. And so the equal weighted one should grow more because they have more exposure to those smaller, faster growing names that are pushing their way up the S&P 500. But then in difficult times, they're the ones that get hit more because they're a bit more of a story. Their financials maybe aren't as solid. Their balance sheet maybe not as good. And then it's the the market cap weighted one should be more defensive in a bad time because it's those like slow growing but rock solid companies that aren't as volatile. But it in feels theory. like but it feels like the last five years because of how tech dominated yeah. Yeah. the S and P five hundred is yeah. that theory has been flipped on its head. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. So burn your textbooks. Burn your textbooks, yeah. <laughs> it got me thinking though, it's like what, like long-term returns, uh, I should. I want to have a look at this, you know, what what, is, what would equal weight be over 50 years mm. versus um, well, you know what? over 50. So I'll come, <laughs> there would be a lot of studies on that. Yeah, so I'm going to come back next week with an update on that because, you know, we've been talking a lot about building the core and, yeah. you, and you think if I, was to, if I had to choose between a market weight 500 or um oh, that's or, an or an question. equal weight yeah. or yeah. an equal weight where would i be where would i be putting my money i don't have an answer to that cuz based on the data you, you can see that the upside based on the mix at the moment of stocks is you go market cap cuz you're in the tech but the downside you're protected a bit but what's that dynamic going to be over 40 or 50 yeah. years mm. yeah fascinating all right well i look forward to you coming back next week uh one remember so one thing that I said last week was that I'm going to start looking at my uh, satellite and try and take advantage of this buying opportunity, the satellite part of my portfolio, look at some individual stocks. I ran a pretty simple filter on stocks that have fallen more than 40% Okay. Uh, just to see what was out there. And there's all the obvious tech names, Zoom, Snapchat, Peloton. One that caught my eye that I wouldn't have expected to be down more than 40%, Nike. Okay. Like you'd think big defensive balance sheet, consumer staple, well, consumer discretionary, mm. but like strong brand, global footprint. Um, and so I was like, that's interesting. Had a look at their financials. So they've got about $144 billion market cap, um, $6 billion in profit. And so like very simple valuation metric, but 144 into six. They're trading at like a 24 price to earnings at the moment. Which just shows how hot they were. Yeah, it still feels expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like at one stage they were trading at like a 40 price to earnings, a bit over wow. 40. Like that's like a growth stock. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, ah. Oh. I, I think the, <laughs> nah. sto- the story the story of nah. the moment isn't for, – for some of these companies, we're not at like the bargain basement yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. We're at the returning to long-term – Yes. Rationality. Yeah. Well, I think that was the message that uh, Julian McCormack was saying, mm. right? When we interviewed him anyway, it was kind of like you we'd, we'd taken, chopped the tops off, but there was still at valuations that were quite inflated. Julian McCormack's uh, presentation at FinFest, which you can uh, watch or listen to uh, on our YouTube, was called The Reaper Comes. Yeah. He's, he's not impartial. He's very bearish. He's, he's very quite bearish. bearish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair call. Well, it could be playing out. Anyway, so if Nike falls another 40%, maybe I'll have a look. But um, 
So I think, conclusion still expensive. Oh no, conclusion just just exploring my options. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. like Bryce Lesky at 21 on Tinder, just exploring <laughs> my options. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> nice. Uh, you nice. learn anything else, or should we ju- uh, jump into earnings? Just really quickly, uh, and we were just talking about this off air, so we, I thought we should bring it up. You and I are both in the NAB Equity Builder, yes, which is where you um, borrow money and you can invest it into the stock Ooh. market, but it's structured as similar we, to a home loan. We used to we used to I have to say not advice but now that we're licensed we can say not personal not advice personal we are not advice. aware of your circumstances but we will talk about this product generally yes <laughs> yes so just to give a quick recap uh this is not margin lending in its purest form the way that this works is you take out a loan and then you have a uh, fixed repayment and then there's a variable interest on top it's like a mortgage it's exactly like a mortgage. and just like a mortgage right now you could be deep in negative equity yes so there's no um so there's no margin calls uh there's nothing like that you can just in you Use your borrowing power to uh, to invest in the stock market, just like you can a mortgage. When we signed up a couple of years ago, interest rates were rock bottom, yes. so it made sense. The average returns that we could have got just through dividends and those sorts of things uh, were more than what we were paying in interest, yep. so that made sense. The interest repayments are tax deductible, so there's a few things that go on there. But now we're seeing interest rates rise, and the interest that we're now paying on the equity builder is about 8%. Mm. That's the variable. So that's the variable. It might. It, it sort of varies. Which the the whole equation is if you're paying two percent interest and the stock market's returning seven percent over a long period of time, Uh-oh. then that five percent difference is worth it. Eight percent starts to que- put that maths into question. Yeah. So it it brings. It, it's an interesting dynamic though. Like in a, in an environment of such high inflation, there is an argument that we're paying back the loan. With less, the money's already gone to work. <laughs> that that only works if the if we're getting paid more as well, doesn't it? If we're getting paid more, but well, because like the, the, the value of the currency is decreasing. But if we're not, but the money's already gone to work, right? We've already invested it. Yeah. Now, this is the this is what I'm trying to work out. What, what's the best yeah. thing to do here? Like, how does it how how does it all play out with um, inflation ripping, interest rates up, but you've taken the loan at a lower amount it's doing its magic well like i feel like and then you you get into the whole you're getting a bigger tax deduction as you pay more interest as well yeah i I feel like this is where it's like all right get get some personal advice (laughs) but i just I, i feel like if i was new to like if i hadn't borrowed I would now be like, I don't know 100%, if this makes sense. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. At that interest rate. Yeah. You you need a return. Yeah. Um. I guess like uh, we could sell and just take the equity out of it, couldn't we? Yeah. 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 If you've made money on it. Yeah. Anyway, food for thought. But let's move on, Ren, to Q three earnings because there's been some big, big companies report yes. this this week. There, there's way too many companies on this document for us to talk about yeah. now. So I think let's talk about a few and then head over to our Instagram because we're trying to keep up to date with all of them there. But Bryce, I want to start with this company, easily the most watched company for this reporting season, Meta. Yep. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Instagram, WhatsApp, Metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> we made a bet earlier this year mm. when Meta... May have been called Facebook then. Don't know what you're talking about. Has had a market cap of 800 billion, mm-hmm. and we can't actually remember if it was Meta won't reach a trillion dollar market cap or two trillion dollar market cap. I think it was two. And I think we said we would bet 
10% of our shareholdings in equity, mates. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. We'd probably get a better case of beer. Yeah. I'm going to ca- – yeah, okay, keep going. We made that – you said it would reach the trillion status. Yes. Two trillion status, one or Whatever it was, yeah, one or two. I said it wouldn't. Yeah. Very bold bet for me if it was at 800 billion and yeah. I said I wouldn't it make a trillion. It must have been two. Yeah. Yeah. It's now at 350 billion. It's fallen, what, more than half. Mm. How are you feeling about the bet? I'm going to double down. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm going to cash out, I think. Well, there's no cash out option. I'm not sports bet. <laughs> No, it's it. Um, I mean, f- two trillion from here would be an incredible turnaround. Oh, you an would- incredible turnaround story. <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg would be would be going down in folklore as one of. The, I mean, he he does have a pretty good reputation for doing what he's done, but would go down as having pivoted the business majorly, pivoted for a second time now. And yeah. Uh, yeah. and if his metaverse stuff does play out, to his credit, he's still he's still plugging away. Oh, he's but, um, definitely playing he's, he's, uh The market doesn't like what they're doing. No. To, to compare it to the like late 2000s desktop to mobile pivot, it's just like it's getting like apples and oranges at this point. It's like he took the same product and put it on a different operating system, different screen, and did, it was incredible. And he was early and he nailed the transition and it enabled and unlocked growth. But this is not taking Facebook and putting it on a different screen. This is just a completely different business. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the why I say if he can pivot it, <laughs> but it would here, be amazing. Here are some of their Q3 numbers. Okay. Daily active users up 4%. Monthly active users up 4%, which just blows my mind when they've got like two or three billion users already. Bots. Bots. Yes. Freaking bots. <laughs> ad impressions up 17%. Price per ad up 18%. Sounding pretty good so far. Buy? No. <laughs> Revenue down 4%. Earnings before interest and tax down 46%. Net income, so profit down 52%. They added 28% in headcount. How is your price per ad up 18% and revenue down 4 yeah, and your ad impressions up seventeen percent. Weird. Maybe ad mix. Maybe. No, because price per ad is price up. per ad. Yeah, unless there's another part of the business that contributes significantly more to revenue outside of advertising that they haven't done here. But yeah, or unless our, our data source is wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> headcount up twenty eight percent, but they're about to cut a fair few, fair few, aren't yeah, they? Twelve thousand yeah, yeah. or something. And then uh, they've got forty two billion cash on the balance sheet. They're buying back $6.5 billion in stock. So there's like, there are definitely investors out there that are like, this stock is cheap. Mm. Strip out the metaverse stuff. Assume that a few years on, those costs will be gone. Split it into a separate business. Maybe you say the social media business seems cheap. They flick out. Yeah, they flick out WhatsApp or they flick out Instagram. Or they flick out the metaverse. Or they flick out the metaverse. But then like- What's funding all that investment? So at this stage, Ren, you win the bet. I'm happy to concede. Really? I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to wait around for two trillion. Could be twenty years away. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make. We we'll need right, to make well, another bet by then. Well, I'll take my case then. Deal. Uh, but let's move on. What's the company that's caught your eye this reporting season? Well, Ren, this morning we had Google. 
or late last night, whenever it was, yesterday. We're releasing this episode a few days yeah, after this. True. <laughs> Google came out and their price got pumped down 9%. Yeah. Their, their share price. Uh, off the back of slowing, slowing, slowing. And this is a theme that's kind of coming out. Still growing. Still growing. But slower. But growing slower. And this is a theme that is coming out across some of the big tech companies. Yeah. I think Google's fifth consecutive quarter of slower growth. Mm. Microsoft also, I think, slower growth. Mm. Well, I don't think. They did report slower growth. But Bryce, one thing that we've been speaking about a lot in the office, uh, we've been speaking about a bit on The Dive, um, our sister podcast, Mm -hmm. another podcast that we host, is visual search. And it is the biggest competitive threat to Google's business, as Google have said um, publicly. And Google are trying to get better at visual search. Have you used Google Lens? No. Neither have I. So this caught my eye in Sundar Pichai, who's Alphabet's CEO's, uh, his earnings call. Quote, people now use Google Lens to answer more than 8 billion questions every month using just a photo or an image. So is is it just your classic, what tree is this? What dog is this? What I think so. Or is it like, take a picture of a chair and I'm like, where can I buy this? Both. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. It is cool. Where yeah. am I right now? Take a picture of the street name. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you can just look I at Google, like Maps. Google Maps. Do that pretty well. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think. When have I ever? I've, I've never felt the need to use it. That's really? I think. Yeah. Oh, dude, all the time. Uh, I like uh, what? What's an example? Um, I think I'm pretty sure there is an app that does this. Take a photo of a flower or a tree. What tree is this? Okay, uh, like, not okay. that I, not that I'm wondering that a lot. Yeah. But like, that's one that I've thought about. Uh, take a photo of a celebrity. Who is this? That's a good one. What have they been in? Yeah. Something that I would love because I'm not great with faces and names. Take a photo of someone at a party. <laughs> Who are they? How do I know them? <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, uh, you yeah. fake that you're like, can we get a photo together? Yeah. Or that's when you put Google glasses on and it's like, oh, Bryce Lesky, I host a podcast <laughs> with him. That's right. <laughs> So what does this mean for them though? Like, are they saying that this is where they're putting all their resources? Um, no. What- so Google acknowledged that they're slowing down and they said that they go through these periods of consolidation and slowing down and massive investment. And this is one period of massive investment. The last big investment cycle they went through was mobile. Mm-hmm. And um, they're saying this investment cycle is AI. Yeah. And I think Sundar Pichai in his earnings call said for the last seven years, we've been an AI company. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where they see their future. And who am I to argue with them? Yeah, yeah. Fascinating company. Fascinating. All right, well, let's, uh, any more that we want to touch on here, Ren? I think uh, we can briefly say that we're starting to see some of the fast-moving consumer good companies report, Coke and Pepsi. We know that last Q3, one of our big takeaways was to keep an eye on consumer discretionary and consumer staples to see if the flow and effect from inflation and uh, interest rates comes through. The results from Coke seem pretty upbeat yeah given coke, coke and pepsi both both addictive products yeah well i mean people keeping them in their the, diet the thing you got to remember about both of those companies is that is their big portfolios of brands so they've got mm-hmm. yeah yeah they got pet food even really yeah doesn't coke own a whole bunch of pet food are you not are you sure you're not thinking of mars maybe i am anyway you can feed coke to your dog <laughs> 
Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Mars. Mars is like a massive pet food company. Must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But they both raised prices. I think Coke average price rise was about 7%. Pepsi uh, also had a big price rise. But volumes didn't drop off precipitously. I think Coke even increased volumes 4%. And so what do we learn from that? Is that the consumer is willing to wear the price rise, mm. at least at this point, mm. which is a sign that the well, a sign of one of two things: either Coke is really addictive, or the consumer is holding up okay. Mm. American Express had said something similar. They were like, "We're seeing great spending across all categories, mm. so maybe the consumer is okay." Well, if you think if you look at travel companies as well, we're starting to see a few of the American Airlines and JetBlue as well report, and they're saying demand is sky high. Yeah. Pun intended. This is not- Travel. This is not advice. This is not even general advice. It's just a thought. But like, I kind of feel like I want to take the contrarian position. And there's a lot of like, the recession is coming. And the recession is probably already here. But the market always starts ticking up before the economy does. I actually have a number of charts about that that I'll share on Instagram before this episode's released. Nice. It feels like there's maybe this is the time to take the contrarian bet. What, short the market? No, go long. Go long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you going long every fortnight? I am. <laughs> Geared. <laughs> um, one other company that caught my eye. Yeah. You know Netflix is up 70% from its lows? Well played. Yeah, so Netflix fell about, what, 75% earlier this year. Mm. It was getting smashed. It's up 70% from there. Mm. They've obviously got a dog in this fight and they're a bit biased, but they- Claim they did the maths and they said combined their competitors are losing $10 billion a year. So Disney, Amazon, blah, 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 on their streaming businesses while Netflix are making billions, a few billion in operating profits. Um, that's a great way to slander your competitors. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they also released a chart um, which I, we probably shouldn't try and explain the chart. So maybe we'll also share this on Instagram. No, we'll share it on the forum. Yeah. They're, they're really defending bingeable seasons and yes. they compare how they released Dalma, the yeah, yeah, serial killer show, yeah. against House of Dragon and Rings of Power. And they're basically saying releasing it all as a season is better still. From engagement, from what, yeah, watch time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I loved the Game of Thrones House of Dragon and I did enjoy that it was once a week. I, I kind of like it as well. Yeah. yeah. Just- Although I didn't want to watch both of them at the same time, so I so only watched Lord of the Rings. And now I can binge House of Dragon and I'm keen to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, full credit to Netflix. They've, they really battled it out. They've, and I think, was it three or four weeks ago, they released their strategy on advertising, uh, which the market obviously seemed to, to really appreciate. It was, they were saying $6.99 for a, for a subscription where you could then also, you'll also see ads, but pay a cheaper subscription. Yeah. 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 Uh, Which we know the the theory behind that is that it's going to, broaden their market, um, addressable market yeah. to some some uh, economies around the world where, um, you know, they can offer a cheaper subscription. Yeah. So well-played Netflix. Anyway, earnings season continues. Let's take a quick break because we've got uh, a lot more to cover in this episode. Let's do it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Ren, checklist investing. Last week I uh, announced, <laughs> announced. <laughs> that I was building my own checklist, yep. investing checklist off the back of having spoken to plenty of investors who have said that it's a good idea. And this isn't by any means uh, – you know, I'm, I'm not going to get to the end and know that it's a good investment or not. It's just a checklist. Tick yeah, yeah, exercise. yeah. It's like it's like it's to, the start it's, of the process, and it's to ensure that you are thinking about the right things, to ensure you haven't missed anything. Yeah, to just like to organize your thoughts. Yes. So then we thought, okay, well, how about we read this book and we go and listen to that podcast and see what the experts have done. But I kind of felt that we've been doing this show for five years that I want to have a crack at it myself. Good. <laughs> because I feel like if I'm still relying on, I want to prove that, you know, we've learned something. <laughs> and, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we get to, when I get to the end of it and I feel like I've done what I feel is my investing checklist, then I'll consult others and kind of see where have I missed? What have I missed? Um, if that makes sense. So I'm going to have a crack at it myself. The second part was then I, when I went to do it, I was like, you know what? Like given that sort of 80% of my investing is in ETFs, I probably should have an ETF checklist as well. Okay. I like that. And this probably applies more to some of the thematic ETFs. Sure. Less, less so the, the core. I mean, you could do it for core as well. Like is it equal weight or market, market cap weighted? Is it the lowest cost option in the market? Yeah, we well, um, kind is of it, jumping is the, the gun. Is the ETF provider reliable? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, segment over. <laughs> no, all right, sorry. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to start this this one. This this episode, I'm just going to chat about the ETF checklist because I sure. probably did a bit more work on that because it's a little bit easier. Uh, and I've developed the six P's. You know, there's the five P's in marketing. <laughs> I didn't know there were five P's well, in marketing. there's the six P's in the investing. Do you know the, do you know the five marketing P's? Uh, price, position, um, product, place, and something else. I can't remember the fifth, um, but that's how you go through. Cool. Yeah, building a mark. Anyway. All right, ETF checklist. <laughs> so do you think I'm missing anything? Purpose of the ETF. Does it fit your investing strategy? Is it core or satellite? Does it make sense? What is the strategy of the ETF? Yep. Positions, aka holdings. I needed it to start with P. So, do yeah. the firstly, do the holdings actually? You could have said portfolio. Good one. Thanks. For <laughs> Does the holding do the holdings actually match the purpose of the ETF? Is yep. the first one. Yeah, if it yeah, says yeah. it's a, a you know carbon ETF or a cybersecurity, do those holdings in there actually? Deliver on yeah, it, or if it's like if it's an electric vehicle ETF, and then you're getting exposure to like Ford and GM and stuff. It's like they're transitioning to electric vehicles, but they're not pure play electric vehicles. Yes. So is that actually the reason that I want to invest in exactly? This is it yeah, what yeah, you yeah. want? Yeah. yeah. Second in holdings or portfolio is like concentration. Are you getting seventeen hundred stocks or are you getting ten? Yeah. And then also overlap. Okay, so you've kind of put a few things in that one to keep the P theme, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think holdings or portfolio like uh, does this over does the positions in these portfolio overlap with ETFs I already have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. makes sense, and and yeah, yeah. Anyway, so purpose going. positions. Price is obviously a massive one. Yep. Is this the cheapest option is where I would always start. From a fee perspective. From a fee perspective. Yep. Is this the cheapest option? Yeah, I'm never looking at the price of the actual ETF. So this is a bit of a tangent, so I probably won't take us down, but I've found an instance where the unit price of an ETF has kind of screwed me. Really? Yeah. Do we want to go down more. that rabbit hole? Yeah. Rabbit hole? So with my auto investing, the Vanguard... Asia X Japan ETF that I'm auto investing a hundred dollars into. Um, its unit price is sixty dollars. The broker I'm with doesn't do fractional, so it's buying one unit for sixty sixty one dollars, and then it's just leaving the other thirty nine dollars just in my is cash in my brokerage. Dang. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. Didn't think of that. So the unit the unit prices are going to screw with my equal weighting across the ETFs. Damn. Yeah. You know that you could change brokers. I could. <laughs> yeah, I could. <laughs> this is the beauty of being- or, or I could, you know, every second week just manually buy an extra unit. Yeah. Or now that, yeah. Or just, uh, yeah. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. That's really annoying. Yeah. Price. So firstly, is it the cheapest option? If it's not, why are you, why are you doing it? Okay. Yep. And I think we spoke about at the top of the show, equal weighted- uh, S&P 500 versus market cap, that's where you might look and say, I'm getting the exposure, but strategically I want equal weighted, so I'm p- prepared to pay a little bit more for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there'd be any other reason. You've got to be able to say, why am I why am I paying for the mo- more, yeah, more yeah, expensive yeah, if yeah. there are other options? Yeah, or it's like the if it's a thematic ETF and there's one where it's like an, a panel of electric vehicle experts are building the index – and the other is just an index of car makers. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, this one's more interesting. Yeah. This feels like a better constructed index. Yeah. Yeah. So then this one doesn't matter so much to me, but I know that it does for some people. Provider. Is it one of the big ones? I mean, it just matters in terms of like risk. Yeah. 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 But, I don't, but I, it's very rare that I, I – you, you often find that the, the big providers tick all the boxes – of everything above. True, true, true. So yeah, 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 yeah. Cheapest, whatever, whatever. Past performance, worth checking. Not an indicator of future Not performance. Not an indicator of future performance, but definitely worth considering. Yeah. And then for thematics, it's prospects. And I say prospects because I couldn't say like growth or future. Okay. I needed a P. Yeah. But like, are you actually investing in something that from a thematic point of view makes sense for the next five or 10 years? Yeah, or yeah, or yeah. is it just a- are you are you investing in the Donald Trump Twitter ETF? Like, does that really have future prospects compared to a hydrogen? Like, can, can you yeah. justify the the future growth of this ETF yeah, yeah, if it's yeah. if it's outside of your core? Cool. One other thing that maybe fits under purpose, but uh, and I'll give you a P for it. Um, plan. Okay. Does seven it, P's. Does it align with your investing goals? Yeah, I I had that in purpose, okay. but I see how you can because um, it's like, does this ETF fit my time horizon is it does it fix fit my risk profile like fit fits how i want to invest and the Investing how long goals. i want to invest for yeah lifestyle yeah, yeah nice nice so that's where i'm at with my checklist cool and i feel like that's a pretty um straightforward easy way to just before you make that investment into an etf 
What I need to do here, though, is actually define the answers to those. So why don't we say now that we're licensed and we can talk about individual products, why don't you come back next week and give us a worked example? Absolutely. Maybe of it doesn't have to be one that you're investing in. It could be one that you. I could do my. I could do yeah. Yeah, and then we can actually critique how it goes, and if we we can think about if there's any gaps. Okay, love it. If you think, uh, if you're listening at home and you think there's anything I should add to my checklist, uh, jump in the forum, community.equitymates.com, uh, leave us a note and we can jam out and discuss online. Yeah, great. Love that. I might put this up as well in the forum. The six pays? Yeah, six, now seven if you're adding plan. No, keep it in purpose if that's, if, okay. I mean, it's your pays, bro. <laughs> <laughs> six is a nice number. They say you should do everything in odds though, three, fives or seven. Do they? Yeah. We bust the trend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, as I said, there there is the checklist on the single stock side, but um, I'll I'll pick that up when I when we get a bit more detail on my end. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right, Ren. So we're closing out the episode with a new segment, Alex Book Bonanza. As yeah. we said at the top, we've got. Uh, it's so confusing that you literally introduced this segment. All right, Ren, and then you said Alex Book Bonanza. <laughs> well, that's what you've written. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ren's Book Bonanza. Ren's I guess. Book Bonanza. All right. Talk us through it. How are we going to do this? So, as I said, I'm moving house, and I've got a lot of investing books that I've read uh, that I don't want to move with me, and I want to share them with the Equity Mates community. Um, so where are they at the moment then? Well, some are in the old house. Okay. Um, I actually took a box to the new house, okay. but they'll be coming back. <laughs> and then some are in the office. Okay, nice. And so we've invented a bit of a game. Uh, I've got three books here. We'll talk about them in a second. And we've got Simon here uh, who works with us. He's going to test the game out. Simon, how are you going? I'm good. Good morning, Bryce. Good morning, Ren. Are you, are you a bit nervous? Um. Bryce is pretty good on the quizzes. so Well, don't jump the gun. (laughs) But as Simon said, we are doing a quiz. And so I've got three questions and three books. The rule of the game is is simple. If Simon beats Bryce in the quiz, he chooses which book he takes home. If Bryce beats Simon, Simon still gets a book, but Bryce chooses which one it is. Okay. Um, And if no one gets it? You, you guys would get it. Some of these questions are like closest to the pin. Like you, you're not going to know some of these things. What, so it's best of three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, it's going to be really loose. Let's go. You want <laughs> to right. intro the books? So the three books. First one might look familiar. Hold it up to the camera if you're watching on YouTube. Get started investing. Simon, have you read it? Got a signed copy. <laughs> that wasn't a yes. <laughs> Bryce is taking a photo of oh, I'm going to put it on socials. Pump the episode. All right. Uh, the second book. Roger Montgomery's Value Able. Uh, this, this is what I want. Have you read it? I haven't read it, but I've heard a lot of good things. Recently on the forum, someone was um, speaking it up and I've listened to him on the show a few times and really enjoyed the episode. So this is the one I'm after. Yeah, this is a this is a cracker. You've read it's this one. It's also quite rare, I've, I've apparently. Yeah, it's really mm. hard to buy and then sometimes it gets given away for free. I've got eight copies at home. Have you read any of them? Yeah, I've read it. <laughs> I've read eight copies. Uh, yeah. For me, so I don't know, you probably can't see this, but I'm holding it up, but he's got these valuation tables. Yeah. It was probably one of the most helpful books f- about thinking about valuing an individual stock for mm. me. I, I, I really rate it. So uh, this is number two. And then number three, this is one I uh, also really rate, The, the Contrarian, a uh, book about Peter Thiel. You're familiar with Peter Thiel? Yes. Zero yeah. to one. Zero to one. Uh, the co-founder of PayPal, yeah. co-founder of Palantir. Yeah. Uh, but also a massive funder of right-wing causes. Yes. If you're interested in tech, 
you should know about him. If you're interested in investing, you should know about him. If you're interested in US politics, you should know about him because uh, some of the most high-profile Republican Senate candidates in this cycle, Blake Masters uh, being one who co-wrote Zero to One, uh, are basically being funded by Peter Thiel. And Peter Thiel, in many ways, is going to become one of the most important figures or funders of American politics. It's all in this book. I have read that. You have? Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was a good book. Yeah. Uh, not for everyone, but no. very interesting. Okay, so Simon, of these three books, which one are you which one are you gunning for? All good books, but Roger Montgomery is the one I want. Okay. Nice one. All right, well let's get into the quiz. Uh, the theme of the quiz this week is big tech. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, question one. Which of these big tech players has the highest price to earnings ratio? Alphabet, Microsoft, Tesla, or Amazon? Tesla. Tesla, Simon has said. Bryce? Uh, Amazon. Bryce has gotten the ball. <laughs> <laughs> really? Amazon has a price to earnings of 108. Wow. Tesla, it's been cut in half this year, uh, price to earnings of 69. And number that Elon's probably pretty happy with. Let's move on to question two, Simon. You got to get both of these. Apple's four biggest shareholders are the three ETF providers. So Vanguard, BlackRock, which is iShares, and State Street, which is SBDR, and Berkshire Hathaway. So the three ETF providers and Berkshire. Of those four, who is the biggest shareholder? Vanguard. Simon, would you like to answer? Oh, this is tough. Um, Buff, doesn't Buffett own like 20%? Um, I'm not going to give you the answer. <laughs> BlackRock. BlackRock, uh, unfortunately, Bryce is right again. <laughs> Vanguard has 8% of Apple shares. Berkshire is second with a bit under 6. BlackRock oh, six. has a bit over 4. State Street has a bit under Four. Oh, it's miles off. Man. If you're wondering why I'm leaning over the table like this, I've, I've, I'm playing Cheers when, oh. when <laughs> for people when it gets it right. Okay, just also be mindful that your head's in the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, with te- with his teething issues here. <laughs> All right, final question. This is just for Pride, Simon Bryce. Lost already. Your book. True. <laughs> which of which of these big tech players have had the worst year? Meta, Netflix. Spotify or Tesla? I'd say this one's between Meta and Spotify. I think I'm going to go with Meta. All right, Bryce. Meta, Spotify. Netflix and Tesla. Netflix and Tesla. Spotify. Bryce Lesky, take a bow. <laughs> three from three. I promise I didn't share these questions beforehand. Too good. Simon, you were on the right track. Uh, Spotify, number one, 60% down year to date. These numbers are, as of recording, if Spotify blow the lights out in their report, then that might change. But Spotify down 60%, Meta down 59%, oh, close. Netflix 51%, Tesla 44%. So Bryce Lesky, as the winner of the uh, first ever Ren's Book Bonanza, which of these books will Simon be going home ah, with? I just got that. Well, look, given that uh, Simon was here as the guinea pig for the show for the segment, uh, it is going to be the one that he was after, the one that he hasn't read, Ooh. a rarity in the space. Get started investing. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. Ah, <laughs> thank you. No, nah, we'll give him. We'll give him valuable. There you go. Simon. Um, give him valuable. Take it the rod. Your home. Uh, so, Ren, 
the thing is here, we want to do this as many times as we can. You've got plenty of books to yep. give away. So we're going to be jumping on the forum. We'll put something up on socials. We want the Equity Mates community to come and join us yep. on this uh, on this uh, episode. We can call your mobile. As you saw, it takes only seven and a half minutes. So, is that how long it took? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it down. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put a post up. But if you want a free book, we'll post it out to you. We'll cover all that. Um, and we'll just give you a call and you can play Ren's, Ren's book, book Bonanza. Bonanza. <laughs> Plenty to give away. It's quite fun, even though I lost this fun. Oh, so nice. Nice. Get involved. We'll, nice. we'll use that as a testimonial. It's quite fun. <laughs> it's quite fun. All right, Ren, before we wrap up, there is one thing that we need to close out from FinFest and that is to announce the winner of the Magellan competition. They had two prizes, the Google Nest and $2,000 investment in an early Australian share fund. Yeah, so for the Google Nest, congratulations, Andrew Batik. And for the $2,000 investment in the Early Australian Share Fund, congratulations, Josh Valenchik. Nice. Well, congratulations to the two of you. A massive thank you for coming and supporting FinFest as well and uh, checking out the Magellan Greenhouse. And Magellan will be in touch to arrange your prizes. They've got your contact details, but we just wanted to give you guys a massive shout out and thank you for coming. And also a thank you to Magellan for providing the prizes for the Equity Mates community and for being a major sponsor of FinFest. Absolutely. Well, uh, Ren, as always, we'll uh, pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.